Well, hello, and thank you for joining me today for Give Him 15. And if I look a bit excited, it's because I am. The devotional is in Give Him 15, an Appeal to Heaven devotional. I'm so excited about this. This is the first of three. We'll be doing two more next year. It'll be a trilogy. We are we have chosen, we were asked to do this by many people. Could you put some of these in a book, a devotional? And we have done that. We have made it, by the way, a very high quality hardback. It's not going to tear up like if you used a paperback for a devotional ongoingly or picked it up once in a while and um, maybe even more than once over the years. It, it will stay nice. Put a page in for each day for you to take notes. We also, by the way, have a journal that we have produced with the same cover, spiral bound, so you can really take notes if some of you want to teach it, study it. The book is $15. This is 45 years, portions of what God has taught me. That's what I do on the posts. Uh, what I've learned through prayer and study in 45 years. And uh, some of you might want to teach it these in Bible studies, home groups. So there's, uh, there's the ability to get the book. And as I said, I think these hard, this hardback book would sell for $25 uh, in most bookstores. Uh, but uh, we're selling it for 15. That's a great deal. Same thing, same price on the, on the uh, journal. I don't have the journal here to show you today, but it is a great spiral bound journal. So you can take notes even more prolifically if you would like to. And uh, we chose the chapters based on several things. Uh, some of our most positive feedback, some of the ones we get emails, feedback sent to us. So we chose based on that. We chose on, based on uh, explaining America's destiny, the appeal to heaven flag, what, what that's all about. We started back at the beginning, why we do what we do, posts on the ecclesia, on decrees, inspirational posts. So we have, uh, we have given a bit of a, a smorgasbord. You, you will enjoy this devotional. And if you would like it, you can get the journal and you will enjoy that as well. So today, I'm just going to read a few portions, segments of it as our devotional for today and a prayer from the devotional as well. From the prologue, the very beginning of the book, writing the 15 posts, the give him 15 posts every day is the most challenging assignment I've ever had. I'm confident that our prayers are being used to release what God needs for the shifting of our government as well as to begin the coming revival. Not one prayer has been unfruitful or unproductive. As we have mentioned before, our prayers are filling the bowls of heaven. I also came to realize, however, that the posts were taking on another purpose. Many who read and watched were using them as their daily devotional. I hear this everywhere I go, just Walking through a mall recently, a family stopped me. Even the kids uh, listened every morning around the breakfast table. 
as a devotional. Others commented that the posts were bringing them hope. Thousands of people, tens of thousands, told us they started their day with the 15 post, urging us not to stop them after the 2020 elections. As I prayed, a new concept emerged in my heart. Not only could a large number of us agree in prayer each day, but we could also use the post to teach and shape believers into what God needs and desires in this new era. We have found that many believers want to know more about intercession, some lacking even a basic foundation of faith and prayer. Thousands email us wanting to know about decrees. Tell us more about decrees, declarations, the ecclesia, and numerous other subjects we have discussed. Therefore, we continue to teach on prayer and rev revelation needed to mature the ecclesia, the church, in her role of representing Christ on the earth. The church must mature in her biblical worldview, learn to hear from God, and become more acquainted with Him. Thank you for taking this journey with us on a daily basis. Without you, there's no reason for giving 15. It exists to multiply prayer and bring understanding to you regarding your walk with Christ. And I'll just read a few excerpts from some of the chapters. This chapter is called, God Decided It Would Fly Again. Modern day progressives, historical rev revisionists, liberal politicians, and humanistic professors would scoff at the notion that America was established by God for a divine purpose. They would also mock the assertion that our founders believed in and honored this divine human part partnership. As John Adams said, however, facts are stubborn things. These modernists may not like our origins, but they can't change them. Yahweh, the God of the Bible, was indeed involved in America's founding, and he did so for his unique purpose. When General George Washington commissioned the Appeal to Heaven flag to fly over our naval ships in the Revolutionary War, little did he know that 240 years later, God would ordain that it fly again. This time around, however, it wouldn't fly over a fledgling nation being born, but over the most powerful nation in the world being reborn. This rebirth isn't literal, of course, but it is a spiritual and moral renewal that will resurrect America's God-given calling, purpose, and greatness. Today, let it be said of our generation that when a nation teetered on the edge of destruction, having lost the ancient path of truth, we answered the divine call to war for its restoration. Let it be said of us, as it was of our forefathers, that in the face of overwhelming odds, we took our stand in the celestial courtroom, appealing to the judge of all the earth for his saving grace, mercy, and sustaining power. Let us appeal to heaven, it still works. 
in chapter three, day three, entitled Why We Fight. The word patriot comes from the Greek word pater, which means father. A patriot is one who honors and embraces the heritage, visions, and ideals of their father or fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob honors this principle. So should we. True patriotism connects us to our roots, past ideals, creeds, purposes, covenants made with God, and other aspects. This connection makes history relevant, giving us benchmarks and boundaries from which to measure our present and our future. In a literal sense, for one to say he or she is a patriotic American and not embrace the principles of our founders, which includes allegiance to and partnership with God, is a contradiction in terms. When Lewis Morris was faced, I love this, when he was faced with the monumental decision of whether or not to sign the Declaration of Independence, his brother warned him vehemently against it. The cost, life, fortune, perhaps family, would simply be too great. Morris's response was one for the ages. Damn the consequences. Give me the pen. Would that today's government leaders have such unselfish, patriotic hearts. Some do, of course, but far too few. Perhaps others will one day discover the true American soul. For many, it is too late. They sold out to selfish ambition long ago. And from day 11, this one is entitled Releasing Power. Words may very well be the greatest conduit of authority and power in the world. God's let there be created the world and everything in it. Ecclesiastes 12.11 says, The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies. Nails help us build, construct, assemble, and hold things together. So do words. The master craftsman used words to build the earth, the seas, the mountains, and all the other amazing elements and dimensions of creation. Hebrews 1.3 tells us he also holds all of this together by the power of his words and decrees. Luke's gospel says that even the incarnation, God becoming human, was caused by a combination of God's words and spirit. When Mary asked how she, a virgin, could have a child, the angel informed her that the power of Holy Spirit would overpower her and impregnate her with Jesus. Then he said, nothing will be impossible with God. This translation of Luke 1.37 doesn't do justice to the strength of what the angel actually said. The most literal and accurate translation is, 
No word spoken by God is without power. What a statement this is and what ramifications it carries for us. Our all-powerful God infuses transcendent power into his words. They become the carriers of his awesome strength. We become the voice of God in the earth, decreeing his decrees for him. Job 22, 28 says, you will also decree a thing. and It'll be established for you and light will shine on your ways. The first part could be more literally rendered, you will decree a decree. We discern God's will and or his decree, what he has determined about a given situation, and we decree his decree. Incredible. Another quote from day 15. This one is entitled, Use America's History as Your Weapon. As our founders declared their independence from England, they also acknowledged their dependence upon God. The Declaration of Independence, our original founding document, has four clear, clear references to God, speaking of him as our lawmaker, creator, judge, and protector. The Declaration concludes with these words for the support of this Declaration. With a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. After signing the declaration, some wept. Others, like Witherspoon, bowed their heads in prayer. This is a spiritual moment for them. Samuel Adams rose and stated, we have this day restored the sovereign to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven and from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. To say that God wasn't involved in raising up America is asinine. He was. They were spiritual men. They loved God. One more, chapter eight, and then we'll pray. I mean, numbering. But this is uh, chapter, day 30, entitled Paid in Full, one of Christ's declarations on the cross to Telestine, paid in full. Satan had been beaten up by Christ in every possible way for three years. The blind saw, the lame walked, the deaf heard, and the dead were raised. Then just when he thought he had finally defeated the Son of God. Christ turned the tables on him and rose from the dead. At least he was finally gone from the planet, back to heaven, Satan must have thought. Then, on the day of Pentecost, Satan's absolute worst nightmare was realized. There were 120 more just like him. And the multiplication has never stopped. Christ brought us into the family of God. He made us his brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the Most High God, his joint heirs. We bear his image 
and name. We are filled with his spirit and completely authorized to reveal and represent him on earth. And that can never be stopped or reversed. That, my friend, is what Resurrection Day means to me. Well, let's read a prayer and agree in prayer together for our nation. And I will, by the way, be talking about the vote for the Marriage Act on tomorrow's post. But let's pray today. Father, we thank you for forming this nation as a beacon of light, a city on a hill. Thank you for the leaders of each state who wrote into their constitutions an acknowledgement of and dependence upon you, every state. We pray now for today's government leaders. Give us legislators and judges who diligently acknowledge reliance upon you and your statutes. Only through you will we see America's destiny fulfilled. Heal America's breaches. Heal our destiny. Repair the racial wounds and deliver us from wicked leaders that use them to divide us. Remove them from positions of authority. Expose their hypocrisy and evil agendas. We boldly ask you to bless our nation and bring a sweeping revival and awakening that will touch every soul. Come, Holy Spirit, sweep across our land. We invite you into our states and cities. We ask for these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Grab one or two of these. Get one for maybe a friend. Help us spread the word. And we really appreciate it. And I'll see you tomorrow.